Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. <clears throat> John chapter 4. Tonight, we're going to see a miracle where Jesus heals a little boy. His father was distressed. He was afraid that he was going to lose his child. And he traveled from Capernaum where he'd heard that Jesus was over in Cana. He traveled all the way there to ask Jesus to heal his son, to heal his little boy. And Jesus did something that was off, kind of odd, kind of strange. He rebukes the man. He says, unless you believe it, unless you see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe. But this didn't dissuade the man who needed his son to be healed. He said, my son, he's about to die. Will you please, please come? Jesus said, your son lives. The man, he didn't see any evidence, yet he turned and he went home. And before he even got home, he found that his servants were coming to him and told him, your son lives. The man believed Jesus. The man believed Jesus' word. Even before he saw a sign or a wonder, he turned around and he went home having not seen any sign. He just believed Jesus' word. And Jesus healed His Son. We are people who generally want to see something before we'll believe it. We think of our neighbors to the west, Missouri. It's the show-me state. You know, we want to have some kind of tangible evidence that something is true before we will believe it. You might talk to an atheist and they'll say, well, what evidence do you have that there is a God? And just a simple answer might be, well, what evidence do you have that there isn't one? From a philosophical perspective, you, you can't go about proving or disproving one way or the other. Jesus wants us to have faith, to believe in Him, not without evidence, but without having to see the signs. He rebuked the people around because they had to see some kind of a sign in order to believe. But he commends this kind of faith, this kind of faith that just believes Jesus at His Word. That's the kind of faith we should imitate. Let's read our text. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 43. After the two two days, He departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem 
at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see the signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. As he was going down, his servant met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked him the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, for the fever left him. The father knew that it was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he believed, and he himself believed, and all his household. Now this was the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe your word. Lord, help us, Lord, to lean on your promises, to trust in what you have said and what you have promised to us, even beyond what our eyes can see. And Father, we pray that uh, you would give me strength and help me to, to preach your word. Give, keep, me, keep me faithful. Guard me from error. Use this clay pot. In Jesus' name, amen. Begins after the two days he departed for Galilee. Remember, Jesus was on this trip. He was going from Judea to Galilee, and he had stopped at midday in Samaria, sat down at a well, and got a drink from a woman. We've heard about that. And... From Samaria, whenever he was there in Samaria, other people began to hear about what Jesus had done. This conversation with the woman at the well. She went into the village and she said, Come out and see this one who told me everything I ever did. Jesus and the people from the village, they came out. They saw Jesus. And it says Jesus stayed for two days. This comes right on the heels of that. After those two days, he then continued on his journey where he was headed in the first place. He went to Galilee. And when he was there, this official came to him. This official is the term we have here. It has within the word in the original language the idea of a king. It's probably somebody who served the king. Uh, possibly uh, some scholars have thought maybe this was uh, a servant in Herod's household. The Herod, the son of, of the, you know, 
Herod the Great who tried to kill Jesus as a baby. It, it could have been a servant in that household, in that, in that kingdom. And uh, often scholars postulate that it might be uh, that he, this man was a Gentile. And if so, it would fit the same pattern we say elsewhere in Scripture. We saw in chapter 3, Jesus talked to Nicodemus, this Jewish teacher of the law. And then in chapter 4, earlier, we saw him sitting down and talking to a Samaritan woman. And then here, if, if scholars are right about this, then we would have a Gentile going from the Jews to the Samaritans and then to the Gentiles, just as we see in the book of Acts and how the Gospel goes first with the Ju- Jerusalem and Judea and then Samaria and then to the uttermost ends of the earth. It says, um, well, I'm skipping some things, sorry. Um, When Jesus left to go to Galilee, it said, He Himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own own hometown. We hear hear that in the other Gospels. Jesus uh, had had left Nazareth because Nazareth was His hometown. Um, And... uh, even in his own, own hometown, his, among where his, his family lived, his brothers and sisters and his mother lived, people didn't believe. And they, he didn't do very many miracles there. It's uncertain if this is what it was talking about. It doesn't show us that he was in Nazareth and was rejected. But whatever the point is, whether it's Nazareth this is talking about or, or wherever this is talking about, Jesus was beginning to experience some rejection. And then, when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. Notice why they welcomed him. They welcomed him because they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. For they too had gone to the feast. So you have these Jewish people who lived in Galilee. They had traveled down for Passover. They were there at the feast. They saw all the things that Jesus was doing. They saw Him perform miracles probably. Him teaching. And all of those things. They had heard about Jesus. And so when He comes, these Galileans welcomed Him because of what they had seen Jesus do. So, I'm a little sorry about it. I skipped a part and then had to come back to it, so I'll be right. I'm catching it. <laughs> sorry. So Jesus, this man comes to Jesus and he says, my son is at the point of death. And, and we know from later on in this story, he was traveling on his way home and he met his servants, and the servants told him that it happened that the child was healed about yesterday, about the seventh hour. So it was probably a long trip. So this official, he had traveled a long distance to come to Jesus, even though his son was at the point of death. He was desperate. He did not want to see his child die. He had to get to Jesus. He probably felt he needed to bring Jesus with him. That Jesus had to be physically present and go with him to his home so that his son could be healed. 
And Jesus answers him in this strange way, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. I want to point something out about this. Whenever it says you, whenever it says unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe, that is the plural. The plural form of the word you. You know, like whenever we say you-ins or y'all. Jesus was speaking not directly to the man saying, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. He was speaking to the crowd. He was speaking maybe to us. Unless you all see signs and wonders, you won't believe. And the official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. This wasn't a a grown son. This was a child. He, He was fearing for the life of this little child. And Jesus answers, go, your son will live. Our translation says, your son will live. In the original, this is in the present tense. And so in the present tense, the idea is more, your son lives. I think the significance of that is saying he's already healed. Right this moment. It's not, you're going to go home and he's going to get better. But he said, your son lives lives present tense the man what does it tell us the man believed the word that jesus spoke to him he didn't see anything jesus just told him your son lives he, he didn't see any miraculous healing. He didn't, he didn't see Jesus wave any kind of a magic wand or anything like that. He just he believed Jesus' word. When Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. He put action to his belief. You know, if he didn't believe Jesus, he might have continued to stay and beg, Jesus, please, please come, you've got to come. But no, he believed Jesus' word and he turned and he walked away to go home. And as he was going home, his servants met him and he told, and told him that his son was recovering. And as I looked at the original text here, I, I don't think that said that your son was recovering. I'll have to check it later. But I believe there was a repetition three times of saying, your son lives, your son lives, your son lives. The same exact Greek word. And I believe where it says, his, his, uh, the, um, when the um, servants met him on the way, they said the exact same words Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he asked them the hour when, it began, when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And this father, this official, he knew that was the very same hour in which Jesus said, your son will live, or your son lives. You see this, prep, this repetition, your son lives, your son lives. And this official believed the word. And the response he already said, it had already told us he believed 
the word that Jesus spoke to him up above. But now we're told again, he himself believed and all his household. This spread, it began with him believing Jesus' word and then it went to all of his family as well. They all believed as well. And this was the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. There are two places here in the Gospel of John that points out the number at which Jesus of Jesus' signs and wonders. The first one was whenever Jesus had turned water into wine and it said this was the first miracle that Jesus had done. The first miracle that Jesus had done, the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee. And later on here we have, now this was the second sign that Jesus did when he went for, came from Judea to Jerusalem. I don't think that that means that they're the only miracles that Jesus did, but in this unit, in this unit, because it already told us in other places there were miracles and signs that Jesus was doing. But in particular, when he went to Galilee, this was the second one. Something we need to step back and think about. I think the emphasis here is on belief. This man believed Jesus. He believed Jesus' word. There's an emphasis on, the, on belief within the Gospel of John. We look at the very beginning of the Gospel of John in 1.6, no, 1.7. We're told that John the Baptist came as a witness about the light that all might believe through him. In verse 12, but, well, I'll back up a little bit. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Then at the end of chapter 1, Remember, we, we talked about Nathaniel, and whenever Jesus called Nathaniel, and he said, I saw you under the fig tree. Jesus says to Nathaniel, Because I said, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You'll see greater things than these. There, Nathaniel had believed in Jesus because of what Jesus said. They, he believed his word, and Jesus said, Because you believe my word, you're going to see greater things as well. Then in chapter 2, whenever it tells us about the miracle of turning wine or water into wine, it says this was the first of His signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested His glory and His disciples believed in Him. All of these signs that Jesus was doing, they were intended to make people believe. But there's a difference in believing because of the signs, which Jesus seemed to be getting frustrated with. You keep, you keep needing a sign to believe. Just trust me. Trust my words. Then later, Jesus he's talking to a, a Jewish man and he he tells him to tear down. If, they, if the temple was torn down, I'd build it up again in three days. 
Remember, and he was talking about his body, and, and the text tells us, when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. There's this, again, this emphasis on belief. Belief. They believed what Jesus said. Now, then, again, here's another kind of, of belief. Verse 23 in chapter 2. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing, but Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. And he needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. He didn't trust those who believed just because of the signs. But he says more about those who believe because Jesus said something, because of his word. Then we see in uh, chapter 3, he talks with Nicodemus. Jesus tells Nicodemus he must be born again. And Nicodemus is all confused. And Jesus says, if I've told you earthly things and you don't believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And Jesus gives him an illustration and he says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Then John 3.16, that famous, famous passage, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The contrast we see, whoever, doesn't, whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Again in chapter 3, when John the Baptist was talking about those who, uh, when, when Jesus had uh, said he'd been baptizing more disciples than John, there's the comment here whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. In chapter 4, he's talking with the woman at the well. And what does Jesus say to the woman at the well? Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Did he, he do any sign or wonder for the woman at the well? Not really. She was amazed at Jesus, but she was amazed at what He said to her. She believed His Word, and that's what He commanded her to do. Believe Me, the hour is coming. And the Samaritans, there's this great emphasis here. Verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in Him because of the woman's testimony. Again, they believed because of her testimony. And it says in verse 41, many more believed because of His Word. Again, it's because of His Word. Not because of His signs and wonders and miracles, but because of His Word. And they said to the woman, it's no longer because of you, of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. They believed because of the testimony of the woman, but now they've heard for themselves. They believed Jesus' word. 
What we're seeing here in this miracle, we've seen already throughout the Gospel of John. There were many who rejected Jesus. He came to His own, but His own did not receive Him. But those who do receive Him, those who believe in His name, can be called children of God. He didn't trust those who believed because of the signs and wonders. And here He rebukes people for having to see signs and wonders instead of just believing what He says. But this man, not to lift up the man, because we're all men, we're all, I mean, human beings that, in that sense. We're all sinful. There's nothing special necessarily about this man. But Jesus, he believed Jesus. He believed his word. And Jesus healed his son. What does it mean to believe the words of Jesus for us today? What does it mean? Some would want to look at the red letters in Scripture. You know, if you have one of those Bibles that has Jesus' words in red. It would be misguided to try to think of, of, of believing Jesus' words as just limiting it to those. As opposed to the rest of Scripture, that's Jesus' word too. We, we know that in, in, in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching and for rebuke and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, it tells us that holy men of old who wrote down the Scriptures, were searching and inquiring to see what, what was going to take place that the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating. That same Holy Spirit that inspired the New Testament, the Gospels, the letters, is the same Holy Spirit, that Spirit of Christ that was in the prophets who wrote before. The whole Bible is the Word of Jesus. Do we believe Jesus' Word? Do we believe what He has said? Or do we need to see a sign? Do we need to see a sign in order to believe Him? We might look around today and we think, well, our numbers are a little bit low. Don't have that many people here. We might be discouraged. But we need to believe what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Mark chapter 16, He said, I will build My church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We need to have a kingdom mindset and know that Jesus is building His church. Believe Him. Believe what He says. Do we believe Him? This morning I had a, I had a, a very drawn out application for what I needed to say um, at Woburn. 
You can go online and listen to that message. It's different. I preached everything the same up to here. And I, and I, I, I closed with an application that said we need to repent. Basically, that Jesus, for, for a church that's dying or declining, Jesus' words are like that church in Revelation where He said, if you've lost your first love, you need to repent and do the things you did at first. And We think of 2 Chronicles chapter. Uh, 7 verse 14 where we often think of that that in terms of like revival and things like that which says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land we need to believe what Jesus says and that's Jesus's words too we want to pray for revival. We want to pray for an awakening. We get on our faces before God. We pray and we ask Him. But I've struggled tonight with what application really fits us. It came to me pretty easily for the other church, but every church is different. Even now, I'm struggling. Do we need to see signs? Do we need to see some kind of sign or a wonder to believe? Or is His Word enough? It really boils down to that. Is His Word enough? When we establish a church here in Panama, as we work together, as we go out and evangelize, as we share the Gospel with people, do we have to see signs and wonders? Or is it enough just to take Him at His Word? To do things the way He says to do them. To love one another. To serve one another. To serve our friends and those in this community. Church isn't rocket science. It basically comes down to do what the book says. Do we believe it? Will we do it? Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.